welcome to the uh, uh, Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Um, today's guest is uh, someone that has uh, taken a little bit of a different uh, route, not the not the uh, most common one. Uh, first player in Mestis in Finland, but uh, Malte Hassagen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. So you have to get back. You can't speak any Finnish in this uh, in this episode, but you do have. You're one of the guys that we we identified on Elite Prospects that played in the Null, and we definitely want to talk about that. It's kind of the main topic of of today, but. Um, but uh, of course, you you you're now playing in in Mestis in Finland, so we want to talk about that as well. So, yeah, sounds great. So, who's Malte Hassergen? I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself here um, first. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a 2002 from Yavla, so I started off in uh, in Brynäs uh, youth organization and. Uh, been a couple of clubs since then, but uh, last year I was in Oklahoma, and as you said, now I'm in Mestis with uh, Forza Palisora. Uh, but 20, 20 years old from Yavle. Um, and also, brother plays uh, uh, Hockey in Fallen. Yeah, so uh, I got actually three brothers, all of them played hockey. Uh, and one one still plays obviously, and uh, one is actually a coach in Brynäs U16, uh, and the other one was actually a goalie. So he was not <laughs> like the rest of us. That's Adam, I believe, right? Yeah, that's Adam. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I'm quick with the clicks on elite prospects here. I got it open. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. start off. You know, as a Lexan guy, you know, Brynäs. Um, not a big fan, but uh, no, I am. I am a, a fan of Brynäs. But how did you end up? Uh, you played your juniors in Fallen, uh, awesome town. I know him well. My son played there, and uh, incredible city, just a quaint place. Uh, tell me, tell me about how you ended up there. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, I played for uh, I played for Brynäs up till I was fourteen. Um, didn't make the Tiva Pukken, which is, you know, well-known tournament. Uh, and the Tiva Pucks team is going on to be Brynäs U16. Uh, so, you know, one day I got a text message who made the, you know, the summer kind of troop. Uh, and I wasn't on there. Uh, so, you know, a little rude awakening. You know, it's, it's always tough to get those kind of decisions. And, uh, you know, you have this perfect dream that you want to, you know, I'm going to make that team, then I'm going to make U18 and, you know, move up in Brynäs. You know, that was always, you know, the dream from growing up. But um, get the text and, you know, you look around and be like, okay, <laughs> let's figure out something else right now uh, to, to keep moving on, you know, keep moving forward always. So uh, uh, it, it was it was a nice time in my life, though, I will say, getting that reaction from Tiva Puk. And I know it's such big focus for a lot of players in Sweden. Uh, like coming up but for me you know I was I was very small so what I did was you know get a gym card and uh, started working out with uh, with a weightlifting guy who actually was an Olympian a former Olympian 
Um, and then obviously I found uh, Stromsbro started started with them early and and really liked playing there. You know, I I got nothing but great things to say about but them too. But uh, my brother played in Fallen at that time, uh, so he played for a second U18 team at that time, and. Uh, I get a call from their coach, like the the coach that he had, you know, he just said that they wanted to look at me for next year, you know, if I w- wanted to come up, you know, just for a tryout for next year for hockey, and hockey gymnasium here in Sweden. So I did, and, you know, I, I had a great practice, to be honest with you. I was pretty happy after uh, my dad took me up, so it was nice to, to see my brother again. But um, get a call the week after that, you know, if I was open for it, if my parents wanted you know to let me move uh i could come there early uh, for the u16 year so so i did um absolutely loved it um and decided to stay for two more years there after that season so where did you live in fallen because i mean so for for those who don't know i mean you have to fallen is what maybe an hour yeah an hour yeah so you go through uh volvo and then Hofors. you get then you get to uh Hufors through the through yeah. the uh, the pipe foundry there and then you get to then you get to to Fallen and it's an old you know my dad went to did his military service there my brother went to school in Fallen I went to Borlinge when I was uh gymnasium but just a you know it's it's an old old town but so where did you live yeah, so my brother obviously already had the apartment there, so uh, I kind of squeezed in, got a bed, you know, a couple of meters from his, so I, I think he wasn't happy about that in the beginning, but uh, I lived in a place called uh, Helsinki Gordon, I think, um, so it's like seven minutes biking outside of, you know, the main centrum, uh, so I think I had 10 minutes biking to Lugnet Seesaw, uh, yeah. the, the skating rink so uh, it was good for me yeah uphill it was only uphill from that point actually <laughs> it was brutal actually yeah I, I i remember uh my son complaining that he had a flat you know he grew up over here and funny thing you know for me growing up you get a flat on your bike well you just fix it well no yeah. so he ended up he ended up i ended up i don't know how much money i spent on the on the kick bikes because uh, he would get kick bikes instead. Uh, it may I don't know if they had him back then in Fallen, but but yeah, uh, they did, they did. I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway, so so good time there. And what was your studies uh, in school? I studied econo- economics with like uh, focus on law. Okay, so not uh, not the vocational, not big or. Uh, Heating and air conditioning, or painting, or electrician. Uh, I was never an engineering of any kind, so <laughs> I stick to what I knew. Yeah, but but I mean, it, w- w- out of those guys that you played with, how many of those went to the like the not the college preparatory side? Um, of you know, they take the easy route. I mean, I'm sure some of them did, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably half the team, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, I mean, you must have been pretty good in school. Uh, yeah, I was all right. My my parents said that as one of the things I had to do if I moved, you know, to manage the school good. Good, 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 good. All right. Fast forward a little bit. Then you ended up moving. So you got some playing time both 
J18, J20, and they're, they were in playing in Division Two. Now they're moved up to Division One this year. But uh, and 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 I'm assuming that you're were you mainly practicing with the J18s, or were you practicing with the J20s and as well? I mean, it was kind of like a messy situation in the beginning of the season because uh, I know that the senior team, or you know, the the pro team, or whatever, you know, semi pro at that point. Uh, the Division Two wanted to have me full time and then only play a couple of games with the you know ju- junior U18 and stuff like that. Uh, but I actually thanked no to that because I wanted to be you know I wanted to make the most out of my juniors here, right? Like I can play you know at that level when I grow up, but I only get you know U18 years, you know, twice of them. So I decided to just stick to U18 and U20 at that point. That's that's kind of a surprising move, but I think you know uh, you did okay. So nineteen twenty year you played in 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 uh, J eighteen elite, which is now called Region. Uh, against, I mean, let's be let's be frank here. Not shabby opponents: Lexan, Feriestad, Örebro, Mura, Västerås, Brynäs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's especially before Christmas. It's it's a pretty competitive league to be league to be honest with you. Yeah, what little chip on your shoulder that you got uh, passed yeah. over by those teams? What? A little chip on your shoulder because you got passed over by those teams and they didn't choose you, and here I am, I'm lighting it up against those teams? Yeah, I mean, that's always what you think about. Like, you love playing against a coach who, you know, overlooked you or something like that. Like, uh, to be honest with you, I uh, I actually won the scoring league before Christmas. Uh, but we had Brinus, you know, as as the last game before Christmas, and you know, I wanted to beat Brinus so bad because you know I got passed on and stuff like that, and it still sticks with you, right? Yep. That's the motivation that you have. Uh, you just want to prove them all wrong that you know I'm still here. Uh, so it was kind of like a little race at the end with some other guys, but uh, had a three point night against Brinus the last game, so kind of sealed sealed it for me, but. Unfortunately, we lost five three, and I can probably tell you that was the toughest toughest loss in a couple of years for me. Yeah, but thirty four games, fifty points in J eighteen, twenty games, twenty five points in J twenty, and uh, uh, and so on. And that, but then you made a decision here, twenty twenty one, to move to Huddinget down in Stockholm. What what was that all about? It was not planned, actually. Uh, I signed with Brahmas pretty early, like May, I think it got announced. Uh, I see. So my eyes were set there and then COVID hit, obviously. So I was like, I needed to wait to get like to an embassy time to get my, you know, B1, B2 visa. But I, they just kept canceling it. Uh, so my old coach that he was in fall and he moved to Hooding and said, you know what, start with us down here, you know. So I did that, and I think it was in November. I finally got over to U.S. on an ESTA, which is like a tourist visa. So, <laughs> so was Wild Fong there when when you were in the with the Brahmas? Yeah, Wild Fong was the head coach. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk about that. So, so I I I didn't know that that was that was kind of the the route here. But what made you decide to go play in the Nall? Uh. Honestly, like I, I always had that interest. Like I actually was to Odessa's main camp, Odessa Jackalopes, the year yep. before. So like my, 
the summer to my second U18 year, so when I was in Fallon. Uh, back then, my parents thought it was a little bit too early to let me go. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't even finish second year of high school, you know, back in Sweden. Uh, so it, it didn't happen that year, unfortunately. So I had a good year with Fallon and uh, Wild Fun came up in the discussion. So I, I choose to sign there and I always wanted to go to college route, which is funny, you know, to look back where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so, so let me back up a little bit with that because a lot of people that are in your position, they're just not even aware of the of the American juniors. And how did you was that like did it, did you have other people in front of you that kind of um paved the way to kind of that you followed, they got the interest up? Or how did you know about North American Hockey League at that age? Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly such a big hockey nerd. Uh, it was honestly the only thing I did in school to be an elite prospect. <laughs> so I knew about it and, and I was in a, like, I could watch on a team and then go to their team Instagram to, you know, check out locker rooms, check out team buses and stuff like that. Like I was obsessed with it. Uh, so, uh, when I finally felt like I was ready to take the step and Brahmos came up in the discussion, it was a no brainer for me. I just jumped on it really. So what was it? I was just talking to Gabbe for, uh, from from uh, Mura, and he was just, and which will be aired right before before your episode. So what was your experience the first time with the Jackalopes? So you went over. Was that the first time in the U.S.? Yeah, it was the first time in U.S. too. So who went? You and your dad? M me, my agent, uh, and my sister came down actually. So my parents went over to to visit her when when I was there too. Oh, was she already uh, in the U.S.? Yeah, she lives in U.S. actually. So oh, okay. That's... All right. So not 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 as big of a conceptually the as big of a step. Uh, no, no, she's already no. over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I mean it was good. I I had a good camp and I really liked it. I had a good talk with their staff too. So you know, I kind of I was interested to you know go, but I think my parents already made a decision. So it was I think it was. Uh, in that situation, it was more of a learning point for me, you know, yeah. to figure out how the game is and how hard guys in the null can hit, really. How was it? How was it? What was the first thing? Because uh, we, you know, been through the, the main camp. And for those who've never been to a main camp, what was the first? Uh, did they, how, how many people were there actually? How many teams did they have in Odessa? Yeah. So if I remember right, uh, we were 10 teams, I think. So it was about 200 players. And we played two days. And then it got down to, I would say, like 50 players or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, to four teams or something like So maybe 80. Uh, but it got down to 10, to four, and to two. So, you know, the All-Star game, obviously. Uh, so, I mean, it's a big, it's a big thing. Like... Uh, Many people might think that, oh, you know, go to main camp, make the team. Ah, it's <laughs> it's a long route from main camp, even you know. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> so did, were you already aware of? Had you been prepped on how it works at the main camp, and that and and that you know, there's nobody there making friends. No, I was not aware of that. I was, uh, I had a rude awakening. I mean, I I gotta be honest with you, like, I was. I will give Sweden a lot of courage for, you know, having that team spirit. 
Uh, and I wasn't expecting, you know, everybody to be like a team or something like that. But it was like it was like my first time being in a very, very, very competitive, you know, only see yourself. And, you know, I'm making the team. I don't give a shit about who else is here. You know, it was my first time being like, you know, in such an environment. So it was it was different for me. I, I will say that. And then, of course, you're so right now you are five nine one sixty five. So it's not like you're the big guy. Right. No. So they yeah. see you as an opportunity and like, tell me about the physicality of going from, you know, J20 yeah, and then going over to, I mean, age wise the same. Yeah. 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 Or, well, I, let's talk about it's age. It's one first. year older. Yeah. So, so if that was your first year, you were J18 and there were some guys that were 20. Yeah. So they were turning 21 that season and I was turning like eight a seven 17 that year yeah. when i was the army camp yeah so they see you as fresh bait here at- oh they saw me as fresh bait i had my chrome cage on you fagaller in swedish you know i was like hyped up so uh, they saw me as bait but i if i remember correctly I, I actually had a really nice goal and i remember somebody coming up to me and goes like you look so european <laughs> and i was just like okay <laughs> thank you but you made but so you made experience. Yeah, so you made the first cut. Yep. And then did and then you were offered a spot, right? No, I was never I, I was never offered a spot. Uh, you know, we kind of had exit exit meetings and you know, like it was never it was more like, you know, keep it open for the future, right? Okay. Uh and I was I was fine with that too, like cuz I didn't want to you know, there was a small possibility that I might start in NA3 and, you know, because they wanted to kind of develop me into that, you know, and I was I was not excited about NA3 or anything. And I think I made the right decision by staying oh. in U22. Well, let's, let's address that as as well. So when they offer, they always do this, like every every yeah. NAL team has an NA3 team or I'm assuming most of them do or they same organization. And North American Hockey League is tuition free. NA3 is not. No, it's very expensive, actually. Yeah. So here you are. The fees in Fallen, who may be, you know, $800 a year. Yeah, $800 season or something like that. Yeah. And then you're looking at, you know, so if you were in uh, Odessa, they're NA3 teams, and it would have been probably, I don't know, 12,000. Yeah. Yeah. 12 plus billets and stuff like that and like i'm not ashamed to say that i didn't make their team or you know stuff like that i'm like i'm not you know i can i can mention about my story i can tell them that yeah i got cut from that main camp or you know i didn't make tv book and because uh that always you know been my life kind of like being overlooked you know starting early when you're 14 you know yeah uh playing for a smaller u18 team so i i never been like shy talking about my road because you know never been one of those high talented names or you know everybody talks about you being a talent or something like that for me it's always been you know coming back to earning earning everything and 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 trying to work hard and everybody else because at the end of the day i think that's the only thing you can do really yeah Uh, i I mean some guys would probably be a little you know embarrassed sitting here and talking how they got caught you know offered in any free spot or something like that i i got no problem with that 
So, so second year coming back then, okay, now, okay, now you're going through COVID and, and getting your ESTA and da, 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 and finally you get there. So, so you didn't go to Lone Star's main camp? No, I was, I was not over for training camp or anything. So, so they knew, so did Wild Fong or his staff, it was probably, a, um, yeah, I know some of those guys there, but but they looked at you at the at the camp in Odessa, or how did they know that they wanted you? No, no, no. They they saw me through videos, and they had a Swedish scout at that point too. Oh yeah, that's right. He's no longer with them, but I don't really know. But you know, he was looking at my game, and it's actually funny. Like I got there in December, I think, start of December. Uh, so me and my brother signed a tender contract at the same time. This is what you can't read on a prospect, though. Uh, so we came there at the same time, you know, on Anesta. Um, we had, you know, good time. I mean, Wild Fung is a, a good coach, but like very, uh, you know, disciplined and stuff like that. Like stuff I was not used to. He's a hard ass. Uh, he he is a hard ass. Like he's the he's a great coach. Like and you know everybody that knows North South, it's <laughs> it's not like Sweden U eighteen. I tell you that. <laughs> so one month in, my my brother gets called into you know like assistant coach comes into like we had a different room because I wasn't in the lineup. You know, I wasn't even eligible to play yet. Like, it was, like, beginning of January, right? I've been there just practicing, you know, trying to learn the game. Uh, so, my transfer fee wasn't done even. Uh, so, me and my brother had just been practicing with the team and stuff like that. So, we kind of had our own little setup, like, before the locker room. Like, we had our own little room. Uh, and I remember the assistant coach coming in and be like, Philip, Dan wants to talk to you. Uh, so I'm sitting there like, why did Dan just call in my brother to the coaching room? Like, <laughs> it's usually never a good stuff. Was that so, Ryan? Uh, was that Ryan Anderson or? No, it was. Uh, oh, I should white uh, white. Uh, we called him Whitey. I don't. I, I feel embarrassed <laughs> right now. He's a scout from right. Montreal Canadiens. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but we called him Whitey at that point. So my brother comes back out. He's been into the room, and he actually got cut. Uh, so also that, like, you're coming with family, like my brother, to, to you know, Brahmas and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, it's such such a different business side of the sport, you know, like juniors, you know, in Sweden, Contra, U.S. Like, they cut players. They bring in new guys. Like, there's no, like... Uh, you know, when you get to a U20 team, you you usually have your spot in Sweden. You know that's how it works. Yeah. You know, in US, you know the the rent is is due every day. You know, uh, you need to perform every day. So that that was you know tough tough rude awakening too when my brother got caught, obviously. Uh, but uh, I actually started to play. So I I started to play in February. Uh, and it was pretty crazy. Like I was still like kind of like. I was still, you know, maybe scratch slash, you know, that extra forward. Uh, but I played, I played my first game against Wichita Falls, which also became Oklahoma Warriors, and you know, my future team. But I didn't know that at that point, obviously. So I scored my my first goal actually against my, you know, future team Oklahoma. Uh, so we laughed about that this year, obviously. But uh, and then I had to go out of US to return, so I had to go out. 
I was in Istanbul actually, so I spent it 22 hours straight on the airport. You know, like I had nowhere to go in Turkey, so like I got in, like I got in um, first day, like late, and then I, you know, obviously went back on Saturday. I think why to, why Turkey? Why didn't you just go across the border into Mexico? So I didn't know really how it worked. I only knew that Turkey had worked before. So it's just like, we'll go to Turkey again and come back. So it was like 22 hours just staying awake, you know, <laughs> at the airport. It was it's memories, right? But it's yeah. a part of the junior hockey story. Yeah. No, that's awesome. But <clears throat> so then, uh, uh, and then COVID hit. Was that, uh, was no, that at COVID the- hit actually before. You know, okay. COVID. Like so I went there the COVID year when Sweden shut down, obviously. But uh, it was not. It was not shut down in the U.S. at that time. I would say Texas was very open. You know, how oh, yeah, they, that's you know, managed it and stuff like that. So we we had like full stands and stuff like that. Like we had a lot of fans in the attendance and stuff like that. So it was still cool. Yeah. What do you What do you think about that? Like the Nitex Arena is pretty cool place, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a good setup. It's it's a great size for junior hockey, obviously, and uh, we had a nice locker room and stuff like that. So yeah. it was good. It was yeah. good. All right, and then then how did you then end up twenty one twenty two back into Sweden? Yeah. So to be honest with you, I I had a really rough time my first my first you know session in the null. Uh, you know, I, I like Dan as a coach, like. He's a very smart guy and a very good coach. Uh, so I, I liked him, but I struggled. I struggled a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I was not excited about going back. You know, like I was, I was have to go through the same stuff, you know, trying to, you know, get ESTA and then maybe get back to an embassy to, you know, get visa. Like it was, it would have been a long process. And in the middle of the process, like Oscar Sam. You know, they they reached out, and at that point, I was, you know, still, you know, excited. I, I felt excited to try the Swedish U20. Uh, so, yeah, so then you go, I mean, that's so how does that compare? You go in Oskarshan, awesome or, organization, SHL team, J20 national, not a top J20 national team, but you're now playing in the, I mean, again, you're, you, you're used to being, not on a great team, but similar situation, yeah. but you're playing against the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so how, first of all, how was the comp, how was the game different in J20 national versus Lone Star Brahmas in the, in the Null South? Honestly, I can't even compare it. It's like two different worlds. Like yeah. it's it's completely different in every aspect of the game. Uh, like I always say this. Like a lot of people can come up and ask me, like, how would you compare the Swedish U twenty to Null? Yeah. You know, which is like it's a fun comparison, right? And I always said that obviously there's more draft picks, there's more skilled guys coming out of the U twenty, right? It's a younger league too, obviously. So like the high the high end skills is obviously better in Super Elite, but I would also say that it's at least five times harder to play in the null. Uh, you know, just the game. Yeah, and 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 the physicality and the grind and the pressure. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a grind. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be honest with you. Like, Super League teams, I got to be honest with you. Like, Super League teams, they treat you very well. Yeah. And and Null team does too. Like, don't get me wrong there. But I came to Null and it was, you know, 10 hours bus rides and stuff like that. And you don't have as much of that in the U20, you know, national. And I was fortunate enough, you know, when I came to Oklahoma, we had a sleeper bus. Okay. Uh, it was it was really nice, you know. But you're still, you know, you're playing a game. You're done on Saturday at like 10. You get a little pizza in you, you know, that's the post-game meal and all. And then, you know, you head back and you're home at like 7 or 8 in the morning. And like the whole Sunday is destroyed. I mean, your your body is exhausted. I mean, the the travel in North South is is probably one of the bigger grinds that I've ever you know been a part of. Because you're playing Louisiana Mudbugs, you're playing all the way into Oklahoma. I mean, I mean the South, it's it it yeah, it, it spans a pretty you're, pretty big area. Yeah, you're going to New Mexico, you know, and I think we were on the roads for like the first month of the season. So we were down in Corpus, we're down in Shreveport. Uh, we had New Mexico too, I think, in that stadium. So it was like you're going all over, and it's like three and four, obviously six hour rides. So it wasn't bad, but like Corpus, ten hours, New Mexico, eleven. <laughs> I mean, it, it was pretty rough to be honest with you, coming from yeah. Sweden. But uh, I can look back at that now and be like, it was a great time with the boys, you know, like. Yeah. Some of the guys would set up like PS5 in the back and, you know, bring TVs. So uh, at the moment, you can see it as a grind. But like looking back now, it's, it was a great time in my life. Yeah. So uh, and then you ended up in Brinas J20 National. So a little bit of uh, coming home and, and how was that call? Uh, honestly, like... Yeah, it, it's weird. Like, I get the call around Christmas. They actually were last in the uh, Super Elite Nora, uh, Super Elite North, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so they had a rough season, and, you know, I guess they saw me as a guy with the Gavlet connections, obviously, in Brinas. Uh, so I get a call around Christmas, and uh, at that point, like, I, I didn't have a great season in Oscar Sam. I, I was struggling a little bit, and uh it was also like you're living in a billet family in u.s and then you're going six hours away from your home in sweden you live alone you know new city new people like it's it's big adjustments for sure uh so but i was also like when i get that call i was just like let's come home kind of you know finish it up with juniors in sweden you know and uh, give it a chance in Brinas and, and try to help them as much as I could because uh, I knew they were, you know, in a bad place, obviously. Because yeah. uh, yeah. they're supposed to be, you know, a top team in U20. Uh, yeah. So they had a little down here. So it was fun to come home, live home, uh, uh, you know, close to family and they could see me play again. So it, it was still a cool experience. And at the same point, at the same time, I got redemption, right? Like, I got yeah. a little redemption for, for them cutting me when I was 14 and, you know, coming back when I was 19. So, it, it's still redemption for me. And I have to ask, too, before you got to Brina's, 51 pims in uh, in Oskarshamn. Uh, yeah. Happy? I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how that happened. Like, uh, I, was, I was leading it for a while, too, like, after a couple of games. And it was like... I I think it was it was the null south kind of yeah. like 
<laughs> okay, this would be allowed in all south. Well, it wasn't in U twenty national back in Sweden, you know. You you so, were setting you were setting illegal picks and you were doing cross checks and you're like, what? Yeah, I think we had our first league game against Vecha, uh, and I had four penalty minutes and just like shitty penalties, but you know, in all south they wouldn't call it. So I was so used to like, oh, we can do a cross check here and we can slash a guy there, <laughs> but they they didn't. They they took pretty seriously on those stuff in Sweden. So, all right, good. All right, so, <clears throat> uh, and then you go back. So, how did you end up? Did you seek yourself back to Oklahoma or in the Null, or how did you? How did you go back? What made you go back? Because I mean, certainly, you know, you're growing up, so you got another year. Now you kind of check that mark of playing J20 national. So I'm sure a lot of people had you on their radar and they saw that you've already played in the null. Um, and certainly they got awarded 58 games. They went, you so you went to, to, to Blaine in the playoffs, 46 uh, points. Um, did you lead the team? I need to look at that. No, no, I, I did not lead the team. Uh, we had a guy, Joey Del Greco. He's currently with the Chicago Steels. He led the team. Oh yeah. Uh, so we had we had a stacked team, and it's wow. it's so crazy to look back at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, North South ain't an easy league to you know put up high numbers and you know like in goals you know per team. And we were scoring most in the Null, and we were playing in the North South. You know, we're playing against the Brahmas. We're playing against the Shreveport. Like. They're they're tough teams to play, right? And old and old uh, teams too. I mean, mainly t last year or 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 two more years of eligibility. There's not a lot of young guys in North South. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly like I gotta give credit to teams like Brahmas and Shreveport too, because during the season I absolutely hated them, like playing them. But you know, that's also how it should be, right? Yeah. So uh, it, it it's a competitive league, but yeah, how I got there, uh, so. The day after I signed my tender agreement with the Brahmas, uh, head coach of Wichita Falls that would later remodel to Oklahoma, Gareth Roth reached out and was just like, hey, you know, do you want to come play for us in the Null? And I was just like, sorry, like, <laughs> you're a day late. Like, I already signed my tender agreement, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I kept, I think I kept a little bit of, uh, my agent kept a little bit of contact with him during the season. And I think I was just like, yeah, I, you know, I want to give Nol a new chance. Like, I'm, I'm older. I'm a different player. I got an, got a couple of kilos with muscles on too. So uh, I, I wanted to give it a chance again. And you know, I talked to Roth a little bit. So it was, it's a funny story, actually, how I got drafted to, to Oklahoma Warriors. Because uh, at the same time I was talking to Oklahoma, Chippy reached out, and they were just like you know, we really like you, so we might take you in the second round here. And Chippewa had their second round pick before Oklahoma second uh, in the second round. So, and Oklahoma told me they would pick me with their second pick too, right? So if they would have done that, I would have got to Chippewa because, you know, I would have been taken. So I write to Roth, uh, I, I'd be like, hey, I think Chippewa is going to take me with their second pick. And Roth answers me with, yeah, I mean, then we can't take you because um, they have the pick before us in the second round. So I I didn't think more of that. I was just like, you know, it, it's a jungle, right? You're coming off, you're talking to one team, you're talking to another. 
you you don't really know anything about the teams, right? Uh, but the draft goes down and uh, Oklahoma's up like 25th, I think, in the first round. And I'm not thinking that I'm going to get picked, right? I'm just following a little bit on my phone. Uh, but uh, Oklahoma ended up taking me in the first round. Uh, so I ended up in Oklahoma still. So uh, I was very thankful for that too. So, you, but you Rob probably, always... Yeah, you probably didn't hurt your own uh, your situation by by sending that text. No, and and Roth laughed at it. You know, the whole year he was just like, "Were they really interested? And we're supposed to pick you, or you just played your cards right because you wanted to be a first rounder?" <laughs> <laughs> but all right, no, before but, we, yeah. for those who don't know that process, you had a tender agreement with Nall, but then did you get released? By them, yeah, how so, did you end up being being eligible for the draft the following year? Yeah, so uh, I think you have to play like 12 games on one season to be carried on over to like, I think it's called like saved players or something like that. Yeah, protected, players, you're like, protected players. Protected, yeah, protected players. And I did that, obviously. I played more than 12 in Brahma, so they had my rights to the next year. But I didn't play any games that year, so then my my rights goes lost again. Okay. And I was open for every team. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's that, that you, you're talking about being a jungle and, you know, a lot of the teams are having training camps this week, as a matter of fact, yeah. now for the job yeah. and all teams. And, and, you know, they may have been a draft pick or they may have been a tender. Uh, they may have been a returner and you're going to training camp and then they get like your brother, you get cut. Yeah. And that that tender, that draft pick, that that spot you had from before, doesn't matter. It, it uh, doesn't you know. mean anything. It doesn't no. mean anything. It doesn't matter if you're a first rounder, you're a twelfth rounder. You know, you're a high touted prospect. You know, a young prospect in the league. They don't care. You know, like yeah, that draft pick got you an invite to training camp. But uh, like from from you get to training camp, it's on you. It's yeah. not on anybody else. And I respect the shit out of Noll for that because it's such a high competitive league and you don't get free passes. No. You don't get free passes in all. Like you're not good enough. You're you're gone. Well, and wouldn't wouldn't you say that that kind of benefited you too? Because if it was the opposite, you may not have gotten the shot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it it benefits guys like you that 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 grind and that that drives and and nothing's given to you. So you're going to say, "I'm going to take it," which means I'm taking it for somebody else. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's also how it works. Like, you know, I might look at a guy, you know, in main camp and be like, you "I'm going to run you over." It's yeah. It's either you or me on that power player. Now, it's it's you know, it sounds cruel to say, you know, it sounds mean to say, but. It's the harsh reality, you know, on every team. And uh, I think Noll, like, I I didn't have, like, you start setting a team in, like, November. Up till November, it's still kind of like tryouts. Guys are getting traded. Guys are getting released. You know, guys are coming in from USHL. Yeah. I would say, like, to November and, you know, forward, that's when you really start building a strong chemistry don't, don't, group. Don't, don't unpack your bag until November, right? yeah no i mean i wouldn't say that but like that's how it is i mean guys are so uh guys compete with their lives because they really want a chance at that d1 spot and they know that Noll is 
it's the league to get it. And if they want a D1 spot, you know, they need to do good, right? So they really compete with their lives to get to that D1 spot. And that's what really makes the league so special because, like, night in and night out, like, you got people really putting their hearts on the line and they're working their ass off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. And then, of course, uh, you had a great year there. And were you so were you on the PP and were you were you on the first line or how did how did that work for you? Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was balancing a little bit like uh, coach liked to move around us a lot, uh, uh, which I think which I think is a strong thing, too. Like you can play with a lot on the team. But um, I had a, a lot, a lot of games with Drew Sutton and Joey Del Greco uh, in in the first, but honestly, I don't want to say the first because, you know, coach always said that we need to have four lines to go strong. And like, it doesn't matter if it's the fourth line or the first line. Like, we all played the same kind of hockey. We all played a skilled, uh, a speedy hockey. Uh, so I, I don't really like saying that I played on first line. You know, I played on second power play or whatever because we always had that mentality that it doesn't matter what line is going out. Yeah. Everybody on that team could produce and every line did so too. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so now I want to fast forward a little bit because I think we're not fast forward, but but it brings me to my second point, because I think thank you for for sharing your stories there about juniors. We could probably talk about another hour about junior stories, but the subject or the main goal, like you're saying, everybody wants to play D1 or NCAA D1. Uh, don't know who I'm talking about. Um in your situation, when did you start thinking about college? Yeah, uh, probably when I was 15, 16. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you look at YouTube hype videos, you know, YouTube highlight videos, and you look at, you know, everything, like everything from the hockey, you know, the fans, like it's it's such a, it's, it's a cool thing, uh, yeah. you know, just the atmosphere and everything. So, so when did you start did you hear from colleges when you were in in with the brahmas or because uh, they do have the uh, they 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 do have the showcase in the beginning of the year right so i'm sure no you missed yeah. the showcase the first year i missed the showcase yeah uh, uh so i I, st I started talking to colleges actually when i played for fallen my second year uh so you know obviously you know had a pretty producive year uh, so I, I, I talked to two colleges at that point in D1. And was that through uh, so your that, agent then or your advisor? Um, uh, I honestly think it was both my agent and Dan kind of, you know, Dan, Dan got a lot of connections too. So I think he helped out and, um, it was kind of cold that year in Brahma's from, from colleges, you know, I, I didn't produce a lot. I didn't play great hockey. Uh, so completely completely respect and understand that so yeah um, it, it, it it's interesting i just think it's interesting being on the outside and you see like the ones that are the d1 commits it, in all players and you see early on d1 commits now what you're start seeing in the middle of or at the end of the summer here you know the null announcements are coming out or now the d3 commits right yeah. and so the top players on every team are committing early yeah and if you're but if so if you're not a top player on a team you're not going to get those d1 offers but you're yeah, going to you know, yeah. you're going to get lots of d3 offers right 
yeah i mean d d3 loves you like if yeah. you play no like i i could come out of a game you know in odessa at december and i had you know four different d3 colleges that just wanted to take my number and stuff like that so yeah um, yeah you had a crappy game and then you're like oh they still want to talk to me yeah they still want to talk to me holy shit <laughs> No, I actually had a good game, that game, actually. I, I scored the game winner, and it was, like, with four minutes left. So I, I did the heartbreak selling, right? And and the whole crowd started booing me. <laughs> but I really wanted to do that selling, so it was worth uh, it. Nice, nice. It's all about the, it's all about the, the uh, Instagram feeds. <laughs> no, n nobody was taking photos of that, unfortunately, so. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so... So at what point, so you're talking to the colleges uh, and you had some, you had some D1 um, offers. Let's go through that discussion. Cause I think it's really, really helpful for people who thinks everybody that plays D1 has a full ride scholarship. And uh, let's talk about that aspect of it and, 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 and going through that recruitment process. Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, it's a lot of tests you need to do. It's like TOEFL, I think, yeah. is one test, you know, to, you know, see. I took it I took it 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just the schools to kind of make sure that you know what English is, at least. Um, but then, you know, obviously, you know, null, you know, null season starts to showcase, you know, some guys are getting committed very early. They're getting approached very early. Uh, so, uh, you know, I never had that situation where, you know, I, I didn't get my interest. I think, you know, I started talking to colleges after, you know, nine games, I think, you know, my coach called me and him goes like, yeah, you know, there's a couple of that I called, you know, about you. Um, so I, I had a really tough start in Oklahoma too, for that season. Uh, I had a really bad showcase and I was not happy with how I played and, one night down in Corpus, you know, uh, I actually got a new Swedish line mate. So he, he got, he came down from USHL, William Ulrich. Yeah. So I think the second game we played together, I had a hat trick. And after that, you know, things just kind of rolled, you know, more easily, you know, the confidence level were up and, uh, you know, I think it was just one of those moments where you'd be like, okay, I know this now, you know, I yeah. figured it out. Uh, so it was probably like after 19, 10 games they I got forward of the week or something like that and uh, and then coach called me and be like yeah there's there's a couple of that are called about you so but even then like nothing really happened and I mean like I want to be honest you know for the players that are playing in all too like there's a long way from when coach says that you know you might have some interest to it's actually a done deal like when coaches approach you and talk to you like uh, you know, person to person, you know, have th those kind of conversations. It can go really fast. You can go like on a day. Uh, you know, they fly you up. Like my buddy is committed. He committed to Wisconsin. You, the Badgers, yeah. played in Lone Star. So, you know, I think for him it was just like, yeah, we'll get you on a play Sunday, buddy. <laughs> uh, so you know, I think he played like Saturday and Sunday. He was on, you know, on the on the flight up to Wisconsin. So when they actually approach you and talk to you and it can go very quick, but it, it's still a long way from when coaches, you know, a little interest about you. It's, it's a long way between there. Yeah. 
But talk about the the number of scholarships, because I think it's helpful for people to know that not every person. So what's a typical uh, NCAA roster size? I honestly, I think it's around 27, 26 or something like that. They usually have three goalies. Uh, But I mean, they're only permitted like the maximum they are permitted uh, is 18, you know, scholarships, 18 full scholarships, I believe. Uh, but they need to spread that out, right? So if they have, if they have a full scholarship and they spend it on two players, maybe like 70, 75 on one and twenty five on the other, uh, you know, they split that into half, but they still add up, and you know, they they have spend one scholarship, right? Yeah. And if they give a full full right to somebody, well, that's another scholarship gone. So like, that's why teams end up having these walk ons, right? Uh, but. Uh, that's why it's so hard to like you know you have this dream and this vision that oh i'm gonna i'm getting drafted to the null and then you know maybe november i'm aside a full ride uh, it ain't that easy it, yeah. it's it's not really that easy you know and and teams and scouts and you know teams they put a lot of work into those commits too because it's a lot of money we're talking you know it's an investment for schools right uh, you don't want to throw away money on a guy that's maybe not fully committed or maybe not what they want in, you know, three or four years. Uh, but it, it's a long process and not everybody gets a full ride. And, you know, if you end up maybe on 50, um, you know, we can talk pretty hefty tuition fees and, you know, room and board fees. So, yeah. <clears throat> so that and that's really how you ended up now not going to college. I mean, that was your plan, right? Your linear path here to here to here to here. But you've taken a different approach uh, in most of your career. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised either, to be honest with you. But so so uh, is that how you ended up in, and... in Finland? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, I was a little bit tired of waiting out, uh, you know, the NCAA. Uh, D ones. I was a little bit tired of waiting out, and uh, you know I wasn't that patient. You know, like or or assistant captain that scored the game winner in the Robertson Cup. He actually got committed to Bentley D one two weeks ago. So you know, like he didn't really have anywhere to go till two weeks ago, and you know, then we're talking like beginning of August, right? And teams are yeah. starting to you know start rolling again. So. Uh, uh, my my agent Nick Delisi that's been on this podcast, you know he he called me. I think uh, uh, I was actually at my billet home and he called me and he was just like, you know, I know you want college, but I got a good route right now that I think you know it's it's gonna be interesting and uh, and then he introduced me obviously to Mestis and FPS and uh it, it was pretty quick i mean i talked to gm and then i talked to head coach and and then i signed uh pretty early in april actually so does that so, mean does that mean that you you're kind of you're you're closing the door on the ncaa because you're now considered a professional well the contract was never official till after the season because of league rules uh but you know when it's official you really close the door right yeah because then, then you're officially uh, a pro hockey player that makes money off of hockey, right? Yeah. And then the amateur status goes away and you're not eligible anymore. Yeah. But, you know, it's at the same time, you you, you only have 
you only have so many years to play and you want to keep on rolling. And yeah, yeah. And and it's not like you got sitting there with a uh, college fund like most American kids. They're you know their parents are starting to put away money to college, and you got two hundred grand sitting there, and you know you got to have to pay for for college somehow. Yeah, and I mean that was the biggest thing too. Like, yeah, I could pay those amounts, you know, and sit with like um, eighty thousand in student loan debts coming out of that, and. And still, like, I want to be honest with that, too. Like, D1 is great hockey. Like, it's so it's super great hockey. But there's no guarantee that you'll turn pro after that. No. You know, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee you're going to play. No, there's no guarantee you're going to play. You might end up playing 20 games over four years, right? Because it's high competitive. You're playing as four years older. And, you know, there's no guarantee that, you know, you're going to make something out of yourself. And, you know... I will say that about my parents too. Like I, I never expected them to be like, Hey, you know, oh, we're going to pay for it. <laughs> Cause you know, it's like 800,000 Swedish Krona. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> and you know, ha- having five kids too, like you're giving one kid 800,000, you're going to give all the others 800,000 too. Cause so no, but it was still the same. Like I would, I would have taken student loans, student loan in that case. And, and for me it was, it wasn't, you know, I I didn't feel comfortable with the thought that okay I can you know have free free school and free tuition in Sweden, but I'm gonna still go to US and pay you know eighty thousand yeah. dollars for four years. So, uh, I'm sure the college experience would probably have been the four best years of my life. Uh, that's what most guys says coming out of it. But I'm super happy sitting in FPS right now, and uh, I'm I'm. It, I'm I'm really glad that I'm here and you know trying to make the most out of it every day. Yeah. So what's the when's the season start for you, or is it already started? Yeah, I mean we started August second, I think. So we have had two preseason games already, uh, but the league starts at twenty second September, I think. Yeah. And uh, uh, bus rides. They're pretty short, actually. So uh, I think we got one 12-hour ride and like one six-hour. But then it's like two hours, one hour. And uh, I think Jokerit that's coming into Mestis, too. I think that's only an hour away. So it, yeah. it's very short. Are they picked as uh, – I mean, they're back now because they were in – they were playing in the KHL and then they got yeah. shut down for a couple of years and now they're back in, in it, right? Yeah, they're back in it. I mean, they wanted. I think they wanted into Liga first, but I think Liga said no. You know, uh, so that's how they ended up in Mestis. So yeah, uh, so it let's be fun. Explain that too. So Liga is the highest division in Finland, and Mestis is the second, like Hockey Svenskan in Sweden, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's the second second league here after after Liga, uh, but Liga is actually closed. You can't get promoted. So, okay. Uh, it's actually it's actually a big debate here in Finland right now because they want to open up like they have in Sweden, but the only way to go up to Liga if if is if you like have a five thousand arena, and you have a shit ton of money. Yeah. You know that's the only way to get approved really for Liga. It's it's uh it's some you know amount maybe like twenty million or something like that that you need to have you know to go up to Liga. So like uh, like Jokerit. <laughs> yeah, like Jokic. They, I mean, yeah, they they pretty loaded. I would assume with that fan base. 
but you know we still have our own playoff here and stuff like that so usually it works like ahl and nhl like usually the teams here have one kind of like farmer you know we're the farmer team to a liga team yeah so yeah. we are the farmer team to hopical in the liga okay HPK. okay awesome all right last question <clears throat> well two things two things that we got to do uh you're uh you're 20 years old now you meet yourself at 17 what would you uh you've gone through your your you're well traveled uh you've well experienced but what would you tell your younger self uh if you met him sitting on the bench right now what advice would you have him that that you wish you would have had back then that you know now just i think keep your head up like every day and like i used to lay a lot of pressure in single moments like if i missed a breakaway if i missed a penalty shot like when i was younger i had so much you know it was the end of the world for me kind of thing right um and i think that i would just tell him to there's no worries like you'll come back the next day and and you'll think that process you know the situation over again and you'll go through it and you know work on it and next time you get into that situation you know you might make it but you know don't put too much pressure on one situation one game or something like that great advice great advice all right last thing well you know we're do, doing a kind of a, a partnership with target aid that we're highlighting each guest's um Klubben i mitt hjärta, the, the team in my heart. Which one is it for you? Wow, you're putting me in a tough spot right now. Uh, I'm gonna need to say fallen. I'm gonna need to say fallen. That's awesome. All right, we will yeah. we will highlight. And your brother plays there now, Division One. Uh, yeah. The home of Thomas Jonsson, number two, is in the in the rafters. He's still in the yeah, organization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so we will highlight that on our targetaid.com um, site, and we will help promote them. Uh, and uh, and uh, thanks uh, for jumping on. It's been fun. You've got a such a cool journey. A lot of people can benefit really from from listening, and uh, there's a lot of wisdom in 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 the experience that you've gone through, and. Um, and I think it's going to be helpful for people that are whether you're playing U16 in Sweden and you never want to play in the US, the advice and and your experience kind of helps out. I think for for anyone. So, thanks for coming on and and good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great.